Just like that, we're back for another week, but it's a somber week. Mm-hmm. Last week was mini somber because we lost the team that probably shouldn't have been in the position they were in anyways, but this week we have lost the other side of the country. The mm-hmm. West has fallen, and now the East. But that's okay. We're still going to talk about it. And uh, fortunately for us, football's not going anywhere. It'll be back next year. But there's still football left. There's still three games left to be played. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll enjoy those three games. And then the real fun begins. Football is fun to watch, but the offseason is is its own adventure, shall we say. Yeah. I mean, some offseasons bring us things like Stefan Diggs. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just like elated. You're so happy. Oh, my gosh. And then you draft people like DK Metcalf. You're like, oh my gosh, the season's going to be so much fun. The offseason can bring so much joy. <laughs> so we'll see what this offseason brings, the Seahawks and Bills. But like I said, three more games left. Still get to watch some football. This is, in fact, Fans of the Weast, brought to you by your hosts. Durf. And Dylan, that's my line. Uh, got lost in translation there. Yeah, that's, my, that's what I say. My name's Dylan. Um, so this is episode 20. We made it to 2-0. Um, so yeah, that's what it'll take. you know. So a full season, if the Seahawks or Bills make it to the Super Bowl, we'll have 22 episodes. 23 maybe. It would be a full mm-hmm. season, just about. I don't remember when we started yeah. this. We started this in preseason, right? Or did we start a regular season? It was so long. No, I thought ago. we started for a week. We started for, that, I think, for a week one. Okay, that would make more sense. Yeah. Because preseason sucks. No one wants to talk about preseason. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get on here and talk about how the fourth stringers played. No, no one wants to do that. Um, So uh, we did have ourselves a somber week last week in the divisional round. The Seahawks did not play, but the 49ers played the Cowboys in a Game that seemed close, it was not close at all, actually. I don't know. It was a weird game. It really never felt at any point in that game the Cowboys were actually going to win. But the score yeah. would sit, would tell you that like it was a close game. Mm-hmm. And it just for some reason, I just was just sitting there going, Cowboys aren't going to win. Like The whole the whole way through, it was like, it's just not going to happen. Um, what else happened? What are the other games? We had the... Um, let's see. Early Saturday was Jaguars Chiefs. Oh yeah, kinda, the old Jaguars. Kind of close. That was pretty in uh you know back and forth you know hard fought game. If it wasn't part. for the late turnovers, the Jags they had a chance. They had a chance. Some late game turnovers. That's how it always goes. Yeah. So that was a uh, it was that you know that was a a game where the Chiefs had to earn it. Yep. Um, Jaguars have Jaguars have you know I think a positive outlook for next year, um, but in the other game, um, <laughs> I forgot this game happened because it wasn't much of the, a game. <laughs> um, the Eagles uh, had practice. Yep. Yep. Um, and the Giants happened to just be there. It was the, it was the, one of those you know mesh practices that they do you know they kind of right? just like play each other you know just like you know half pads mm. half contact kind of thing you know <laughs> it was it was weird that they brought so many fans to the practice so like the stands were filled <laughs> for the for the practice so I don't know I, I don't know if that's something yeah, the Eagles just do very lively bunch of people for, for practice yeah it was it was wild <laughs> I I went out to a restaurant slash bar to watch that game like it it was so depressing it was like oh this will be fun go out have a couple beers watch a football game like <laughs> and like i couldn't even because i had like i had a bet riding on that game too and the bet hit in like the first two drives of the game so like i didn't even have that going for me it's like <laughs> god damn it <laughs> uh yeah it was a uh uneventful evening but then we have mm-hmm. obviously 
the fourth game that occurred. Yeah. Our early day Sunday game. The Bengals went to a snowy Buffalo. Yeah. And took care of business. Yep. They, uh, the Bengals flexed their muscles and beat up a Bills team that, uh, didn't really have a, have a really good reason to be out on the, on the field. It seemed like. I think Matt Milano um, said it perfectly. Yeah. Like Matt Milano just said, like, at no point, there was no spark. No one had mm. any heart. There was just, there was nothing for the whole game. Yeah. And that's, that's tough to hear. Mm-hmm. That's tough to hear. Going into a divisional playoff game. That right. your team couldn't find a spark to play well. That's depressing. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, it just, it just seemed so odd as to why they couldn't. And like, I think cause they just ran out of energy, but the Bengals offense had their way with this Bills defense. And I was very surprised for a defense who is, that's, you know, proclaimed as being so good and so this and so that. And the Bengals said, they're a bunch of high schoolers. Watch me throw this ball to the open receiver with nobody around them for 15 yards, and then they'll run. And then Jamar Chase runs into the end zone. Like, okay, how are how are those going to stop that? And they can't stop a you know a three yard pass on, on you know towards the sideline, and then they leave no one on him, the receiver for the Bengals. Um, it was bad. I, I I took zero pos- positives away from the game. I don't know how you do. Like, there's no- I, I nothing happened in that game for the Bills where I went. Well, at least they can grow on that. <laughs> nothing, yeah, <it's> no. nothing. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to say a positive, James Cook's gonna be RB one next year. Factual truth. <laughs> yep. Singletary's um, days are pretty much numbered. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Josh Allen had no time, and Joe Burrow had all the time in the world. You would have thought the Bills' offensive line was the one with three backups on it, right? Because the Chiefs' O line, again, we talked about the Bills' defense not having a spark, so it might have not been entirely the Bengals' offensive line playing a bunch of all stars, and it was more of just the Bills' defense just not. Trying, I don't know. It's because it, yeah. that's what it looked like. It just looked like the Bills weren't trying most of the time. Mm-hmm. They didn't care to cover receivers. They didn't care to pass rush. It just it, <laughs> it looked like, like a highly uninspired football team. Like Bills, see what the players were running into each other on the pass rush. Like stay your lane and get out of the way of someone. Like I know they run stunts. And stuff like that. So maybe there oh, was yeah, a minor sure. communication issue that ran into some of these things. But you're in a divisional yeah. round of the playoffs. Figure this out. This should be, <laughs> this kind of stuff yeah. should be hammered in by now. Like you're right. You're pretty deep into the season. It's the divisional round of the playoffs. If you can't figure out if you're supposed to be stunting or not. That's... Like bang, the Bengals O line looked like they were all pro players. Yeah. Because of how good they were. Yeah. Three backups and. and... The Bills could not no, get through. No excuses for the Bills to not be able to get more than a sack. It seemed like Joe Mixon Burrow. was averaging like eight yards a carry. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the other part of it. There was no pass rush, but uh, <laughs> no run defense either. No run defense, which has been a staple for the Bills this season, right? But it seemed like again. Uh, he was he averaged five point three yards a carry, twenty carries, one hundred and five yards, and a touchdown. It, it especially, I feel like a lot of that came late in the game when they just started. Like, we have the lead, let's let Joe take care of it. It was like yep. almost a first down every run. It felt like, or at least mm-hmm. close. It was just gashing. Yeah. Like it, it, like this. This game felt like two years ago when the Bills in the AFC Championship got shellacked by the Chiefs. And it was like, oh, here we go. Bills found it. You know, they 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 found a new team that they can't beat. That yeah. you know, 
this, this offensive, this, this this scheme on offense and defense is you know better than the Bills. Why did they not prepare for this? This is theoretically the second time they're seeing this team. First game didn't finish, but they were prepared. As far as I could tell, just... there have been no answers given. Right. Like other than, you know, Matt Milano's comments, there really mm-hmm. hasn't been anyone that's just come out and said, "Yeah, this is what happened. This is why we didn't play well." That they out schemed us. Like McDermott said, he got out coached. That means nothing to me. Obviously, you got right. out coached because you got absolutely torched in every facet of the game. Uh, I want to know the details of what you think went wrong. And who I, I need, I, I would prefer to have some form of blame. <laughs> I, I yep. need, I need answers. The fan base deserves answers after a uh, performance like that in a playoff game. I think yeah. that is not too much to ask for personally when mm-hmm. Bill's Mafia's, you know, hyping up the team all season for the past couple of seasons, expecting results, and you do that. In your home stadium, mm-hmm. and everyone says, "Oh, it's snowing." That means it's Bills' time. This is our environment, and you got shellacked. Mm-hmm. I think the fan base deserves, in detail, answers from what you said in the locker room to each other. What you think went wrong? Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Um, you know, I, I thought of another positive. To this Ooh. game. Okay, let's turn it around. Let's do positives. Okay. Josh Allen only threw one interception. <coughs> hey. Okay. Hey. <laughs> and it was like at the end of the game too, on like a right. kind of like a Hail Mary-ish kind of scenario. Yeah. So okay. So he almost went but turnoverless. Almost went turnoverless. Uh still couldn't, you know, get good offensive drives, but um, I don't necessarily always. I you know. Look, I'm looking at the, the matchups to, to watch here from what we talked about last week. Um, I I put the blame on Ken Dorsey on this more than yeah. Josh Allen. I don't think Josh Allen. Josh Allen's probably like on a scale of one, like on a, a list of one to ten. I'd put him in like an eight. Okay. I think there's many more factors that or many more contributors to this loss than Josh Allen is being a top reason. I think Ken Dorsey is probably number two. And Who's number, what's, Leslie, what's number one? Leslie Frazier. Okay, I just I want to confirm that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> wanted, to, wanted to completely make sure everyone was aware that was number one. Yeah. Um. So, I didn't, Josh wasn't super accurate. There was some miscommunication i think on some plays but i think that has to do with ken dorsey's play calling mm-hmm. i think there's there's something in his and dorsey's scheme about the scheme that doesn't play well with allen all the time so it was obviously it's kind of the first year they're gonna give him another shot this year probably see if he can grow see if josh allen can play better um and but I think if not, then I think it's to the curb and all right, I see you later. I think best case but, scenario is Dorsey somehow manages to get one of these head coaching jobs. Because I know he's interviewed at I least mean, for he the Panthers. So. Right, he interviewed for the Panthers, so I mean that is an option. I mean that'd be best case scenario. <laughs> if they really want to take him, okay. Up, send me the address to pack his bags. <laughs> <laughs> I will drive you to the airport, sir. <laughs> and kick you out along the way. <laughs> Free of charge. I won't even I won't even charge you. Gas is on me. Um that offense was not balanced. No, going back to the matchup matchup here to watch. It never is. Uh run game was terrible. James Cook played a lot more than Devin Singletary, and I think James Cook is they leaned. I think they leaned on him a little more, played him more on the scheme. I think they're just preparing. They were preparing themselves for the offseason and thinking and knowing that you know Devin Singletary is probably not coming back. Um. Yeah, wasn't uh, was not a good balanced offense at all, and I think that hurt the defense even more. 
Um, Bengals defense looked fine against the Bills offense. I had um, no issue in the secondary. Bills couldn't open it up. Granted, Bill receivers couldn't catch the ball half the time. Um, yeah, we got 19 carries, uh, where eight of them were Josh Allen runs, which let's go ahead and assume four or five of those are scrambles, and the other three may be designed runs. Right, like the touchdowns. Yeah, there's like yeah, the touchdown. the two back to back runs. Yep. So I'll I'll so let's say I'll say five of them were scrambles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So three designed runs. That would give us a total of eleven plus three, so fourteen designed running plays mm-hmm. from the Buffalo Bills to forty-two passes. Just to put some numbers behind what you said about being yeah. unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah, have the that's... Bengals' thirty-four carries to thirty-six passes, literally like almost exactly fifty percent. Right. I mean. The Bengals almost had as many first downs as they did plays, like for passing and plays for rushing. Yeah. Like that is just absolutely insane. Um, no hot and cold Bengals offense for sure. They were, uh, they <laughs> it might have been hot. like a little cold because it was snowing, but that's definitely not <laughs> what we're talking about here. Yeah. No, it was a Bengals offense. That, it was a it was a Bengals offense that just did at will. And if if this team still has the Chiefs number, we'll see the Bengals in the Super in the Super Bowl. Very curious to see how this plays out. I think yeah. I think we get some of the some of the best football of the season next week. I know there's only two games, but I think right. the matchups between the two, oh, that's so mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, other point here, you know, that we, like we kind of mentioned already about the banged up bill, bangle, banged up Bengals offensive line. Yeah. Bill should have a field day with the pass rush. Bill's pass rush didn't exist. They were, they were, that was my big talk. That was my big point last week. mm -hmm. If the bills get past the backups and generate pressure, they could win this game. Yeah. They did not. And not saying that's the only reason they lost, obviously, but right. I think it would have helped. It would have slowed momentum for the Bills' offense. Maybe generated some momentum for the defense mm-hmm. to keep, you know, keep making oh, yeah, that punt, sure. and then maybe the offense gets some of that juice and makes a drive mm-hmm. or two. Obviously, we got none of that. <laughs> yeah, we got none of it. Um, what really, did, what really didn't help the, bang, the Bills' defense was uh, some uh, some true. Choice play calls on defense for the Bills. There was some, you know, blitzing where the Bengals literally had to just do like a two-yard dump pass, and there goes the Bengals receiver for 15 yards because the Bills secondary was played up, playing off the ball so far that they just gave them free yards on a short. It was like second and four, second or third and four. So they was like, it was close. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you not play man against that situation or play up closer uh, in that in that situation? And it was, uh, it was just confusing, concerning, frustrating. Like, what were they thinking for these these for these play calls? And like, the situational play calling, I think, has to be one of the most concerning things for this Bills team. Coming, looking back at this game, like it was, it was just terrible. It goes to offense too. I mean, yeah, like down in distances, just like yep. weird. Oh, it's 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 third and two or third and one, where Josh Allen could easily just go up the middle and pick up three or four mm-hmm. yards because that's just what he's been doing, and it's easy to do yeah. that these days, like because of the new style, of just pushing your quarterback. You can yep. you can pick that up easy. No, instead, let's kill the drive and like throw the ball and double coverage to digs 50 yards downfield. Like if it hits great, but guess what? It's not, I don't think it it never, it didn't once like all day, just get the easy yards. Yeah. I think that's the number one thing we've complained about. Like all season with this team is just like, mm -hmm. like, okay, Josh go out there and just be Superman and throw 50 yard bombs and we'll score really quick. and It'll be really cool. Like it, it, there's no, yeah, the play calling, (laughs) 
is just dreadful. And it it's both offensive and defensive. Oh yeah, for sure. Like like you said, we, we like I tell you, we've been calling it out all year. Run the ball. Give me more balance. You know, be situational to what's going on in the field. Don't just be like, I'm playing let's let's do the biggest play every single time to get the best try to get the best, you know. It this play has a yeah, thirty-three percent chance of being successful. Well, that's better than not picking that play. That's not the answer. It's like Dorsey's trying to play Madden on easy mode, and he's just like, "Yeah, run straight, and I'll throw you the ball. It'll be great." I do this all the time on my <laughs> Xbox. Like, right? Like it's just, it's just like it's so concerning. And it, do we do? You know, we can talk, we can talk about this later. You know, when we get into the offseason, but it's like, do the Bills not have the right players for Ken Dorsey's offense, or is Ken Dorsey not right for these Bills players? I feel like that's a very deep conversation because as soon as you said that, I already had like three thoughts going to my head. <laughs> so like that can definitely be a, like a next week off season topic <laughs> that we dive into. Right. Um, but yeah, because yeah, we, we've kind of seeped into like season recap and feelings maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'll let you, uh, we can do the bills first since we're already talking about it. Just kind of, this is the general end of season griefing moment, I guess you could say. Yeah. But overall, just uh, this is this is where we let out our feelings a little bit uh, of just how you feel like the season went, you know, the expectations from the start to and then the finish and all that good jazz. Let's hear what you got for your Buffalo Bills. For the Buffalo Bills, who made it until January. 22nd, 2023. May the season rest in peace. Um, oh, it's tough. The Bills fought, literally fought through adversity from when their season ended last year to the Kansas City Chiefs, where we were literally, as a, or as a fan base, in complete shock. Going into the offseason, and when everything started to look great for the Bills, every single time things looked good for the Bills, tragedy struck. It was like there was a thunderstorm just waiting off in the distance, gets the right little breeze, and then here comes the lightning bolt for tragedy. Um... This offseason, we started with the Buffalo shooting, um, which really affected the Buffalo community. Um, the Bills organization, I think, did a great job at being there for the community um, and trying to just heal from that. And the, you know, I think that was a second, uh, you know, mental. I would say mental. I'm gonna try to word this correctly, um, like a mental shock. So we had the loss of the Chiefs in the division round. You know, that's a, that's a situation where they played their hearts out, didn't get the job done. Okay, now we can focus on next season. We're going to add all these players. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Now it's something where it's like you're being attacked, not on the football field, but off the field. And I don't know if he's built this... And it seemed like all year, they want you know, Bills, it's Bills, these Bills players took one step forward on the off the field, and get hit with a three steps back. So the Buffalo shooting was the one in the spring. Um, but I think before the season, Dawson Knox's brother passing away, being you know hard for Dawson. You know, I'm sure many players on the Bills team knew Dawson Knox's brother. Um, because it's a football community from the NFL to the collegiate level. And I'm sure there was, you know, there was, there was another instance of, you know, literally mental shock um, that they were like, okay, this happened. Things happen. We can keep going. A couple games into the season, still no Trey White, still re- rehabbing that knee, still not up to 100%. 
Um, so you're missing a starting cornerback on the defense. Oh, there goes Micah Hyde on an injury that I feel like nobody knew what happened, but it was a parent neck injury. Oh, Micah Hyde's done for the season. Oh, our number one slot receiver who was going to battle McKenzie for the on the offense. Oh, there goes Jameson Crowder with a broken ankle. Well, injury bugs bad on the Bills, but the Bills kept fighting on. The Bills fought through adversity over and over and over again. They get halfway through the season. Josh Hurts is elbow playing the Jets, and where they lose. Not just the like, injury, and they lose. <laughs> yes. You know, dealing with the dealing with the elbow pain. We were there for the Vikings game, where we watched them. We like we literally were on our edge, standing and screaming. And watching the Bills, this Bills team, have all the wrong breaks happen to them. Then we go to Snowmageddon 2.0. Where Orchard Park, seven feet of snow. Bills game gets moved to Detroit for the Brown, against the Browns. Bills had to fight adversity there. Get, you know, be able to get out of their houses, get to the airport, get to, you know, get to Detroit, learn how to... Um, you know, adjust on the fly. Then we lose Von Miller on Thanksgiving. You know, the key acquisition, the key acquisition we thought we needed, who was this that you know was able to get the seal the games when the Bills were playing close to be able to get that pass rush that they needed, and we lose them on the field that the Bills literally played the week before. A field that so many people complain about this, the style of the field is because of the injuries it causes to some players. We get through Thanksgiving. Everything's good. Five millers will come back. Nope. All of a sudden, oh, torn, torn, uh, torn tendon and Bond's knee. He's out for the rest of the year. We'll see him next year. All right. Well, there goes that hope. Uh, but we're still doing good. We're still winning. Still winning all these close games. Still, Bills are still doing good. We get to the biggest game of the year for the Bills besides the Kansas City game. We get not even ten minutes, nine minutes into the game. Demar Hamlin falls to the ground, cardiac arrest. Literally stopped the entire stadium. Stops the entire athletic world because this was something we had never seen before. He was literally giving CPR, literally giving AED on the field to bring this man back to life. The Bills were in no shape that night to, to play. They did the right thing by stopping the game. Made sure Jamar Hamlin got to the, the hospital to save his life. Players were literally crying on the field in utter dismay because they just it was a buildup. And a build-up, and a build-up of everything that they had gone through this year. So the game was canceled. NFL said we can't fit it in. If you know, if the game would have been a factor to the Bills, you know, getting the one seed, we're gonna make it a neutral site for the AFC Championship game if it's Kansas City and Buffalo. Sure, that pissed off the Bengals a little bit because they got kind of screwed over on that one. Did it work out for Buffalo? At the time, it was looking okay. All right, Buffalo Bills got to make it to the SC Championship. We can get a neutral field. We can make it Bills fun. You know, we can we can get there. All right, we got we got another positive step. We we had some you know, we fought through some stuff, but we got there. Four days after Demar, Bills are getting you know five days after Demar, Bills are getting ready for the Patriots season-ending game, season finale game. Great, great game. Obviously didn't play great, but Naeem Hines said, watch me do this twice, and I'll kick it, I'll return the kickoffs. It was great. You know, everything that just blended there so well. It was such positive news from, you know, dealing with DeMar, knowing he was going to be okay at the time. He was still recovering. And, uh, all right, Bills get number two seed. 
you know, they couldn't they they could have gotten the one seed if they would have beaten the Bengals. So the neutral site's in place if it you know still in place. But Bills only got to the Dolphins game. All right. Bills are what 14 point favorites. Bills should walk all over this. The Bills win by three. Because of how hard the Dolphins played them. Alright, Bills get by that. I couldn't in last week we talked about this. I was all over the place for feeling since this Bills Bengals game. It's gonna be great. I seem extremely nervous. But I'm really calm. Because whatever happens is gonna be it's gonna be a great game. And the Buffalo Bills, after everything, literally hit their breaking point before this game. And they ran out of steam. And any flaws that the Bills could have easily covered up by talent became absolutely fully exposed. The team was... um, I'm blanking on the word now. Yeah, I thought that there. Um, But the team, you know, they were were considered frauds. I, you know, I would think they were considered frauds for how badly they played against the Bengals. This team was literally Super Bowl favorites from the divisional. As soon as the divisional round ended last year, people were already looking to next year's game for the for next year's season for the Bills. Yep, Bills are number one on the favorite to win the Super Bowl just because of how well they played and all the talent that was coming back. They are Super Bowl favorites this year, and they proved that they still aren't ready to take the next step. And we can talk about this down the road when we get into more of the offseason. But the question really is, do you blame the players for not being talented enough? Or do you blame the coaches for not executing the talent on the field to 100%? That's the big question. And that's the question that everyone has been asking, I think, since the game ended. Yeah. I think there's been, you know, I've been all over Twitter just following everyone's point of views between uh, coaches and if it's the coaches, if it's we need to revamp the uh, revamp the roster, you know, maybe Josh just needs some new faces on the offense, maybe the defense. We just need to cut off some of the – you know, the cap and just, like, start fresh on defense. I don't know. Mm-hmm. People have been all over the place, and they're like, oh, we need to fire every single coach. Get McDermott out of here. Get Frazier <laughs> out of here. Get Dorsey out of here. You know, if Brandon Bean wants to get fired, like, we'll just just whole new scheme gets brought in. All right. Like, obviously, some of these are to the extreme, and these people are just upset, which is mm-hmm. you know, rightfully so. As you just, you know, talked about over the past couple of minutes here, uh, yeah, once you put everything – in the perspective that this team went through, like when you list it all out like yeah. that, and you did a beautiful job, by the way. Um, Thanks. Once you list it out like that, like this, just imagine how this team felt just week after week, like just taking punches nonstop, in like in like serious punches, like big punches, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Like shootings and relatives and like just crazy like injuries to important players, season-ending ones, back-to-back mm-hmm. years with Thanksgiving season-ending injuries. It's just yeah. stuff like this that just it all came to a halt, mm-hmm. and maybe that's where their spark went. We came full circle to Matt Milano's comments. Maybe they just were a broken team. And they just couldn't yeah. do it for one more week. They couldn't find it for one more week. Right. And maybe that's the answer we've been searching for. Your your monologue, I think, just answered the question. Um, that's that's my yeah. story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> oh. um, as for the Seahawks, it's not quite as... You know, as, as emotion, emotional of a season because the entire offseason, you know, as soon as the as soon as the uh, the season ended last year, 
it's like it, everyone just starts asking the question, well, where's Russell going? You know, there's a couple people that are thinking, ah, that's too extreme. They wouldn't get rid of Russell Wilson. They'd probably fire Pete before they got rid of Russell Wilson. And then the news drops. Russell Wilson is heading to Denver for a boatload of draft picks and a boatload of players. One of them being Drew Locke. So now, oh, maybe we have our quarterback of the future here. Uh, maybe they bring someone else in. Geno's still the backup. But, I mean, it's Geno Smith, so we're not going to be hearing from him. I mean, it's basically going to be someone new or Drew Locke. That's what we're going to do here. Um, so everyone's speculating as we head into the season. And even myself, uh, I don't think anyone gave them more than five wins for the season. I think I had them at like four and 13 on most days uh, going through the schedule. Some people had them as low as two or three wins. I don't think I heard anyone ever say more than five. So that was the expectation for the season. Low as low can be. Um, and then we get closer to the season. We're running through some preseason games. Drew Locke is absolutely dreadful. Geno Smith is like, okay, he's not bad. Uh, Pete, we're just wondering, like, what's going to happen? Is it going to be Pete? Is it going to be? Uh, is it going to be Drew Gino? Are we like going to have be a surprise candidate? Nope. We're going to rock and roll with Gino Smith, and that just confirms everyone's theory. This this is not a team that is trying to win. If you're going to have Gino Smith at the helm, and of course, week one you get to face your former quarterback with the juggernaut Denver Broncos and their stellar defense and stacked offense. You're going to get smoked in week one. And it's just going to be the sign of end times for Seattle. Well, Gino did not write back. <laughs> and the magical season started with a shocking win over the Denver Broncos, who Denver finished the fifth worst team in the league, hence why the Seahawks have the fifth overall draft pick. Um, and Gino Smith played absolutely lights out for like 90% of the season. Uh, he broke the pass yard record for Seahawks all time. He had the highest completion percentage of all quarterbacks this season. He had a lot of touchdown passes, not a lot of interceptions. He was stellar. He was, he shocked everybody, shocked the world, and he's now, I would imagine, the favorite for comeback player of the year. Uh, and he helped lead the Seahawks to a playoff berth, which lasted only one short week, but it was fun. It was an exciting time that, you know, no one, th- and it kind of showed that not just Geno Smith is awesome and probably deserves money no matter who gives it to him, which we'll get to in the future, but that this team as a whole is not as bad as most people think. Now, obviously, we can say a lot of bad things about the defense, but it's also a young defense. We had Tariq Woolen on the outside, who is a uh, defensive rookie of the year candidate. And we had Kobe Bryant, who kind of got forgotten about as the season went on because he's not as good as we all thought. Daryl Taylor had a great run down the stretch. Boye Mafe hopefully shows his face more often. Uchenna Nuosu, maybe one of the best free agent signings of the of the offseason. Uh, he was lights out. Probably the only person worth worth a damn on the defensive line was Uchenna Nuosu. And then you got the other side of the ball. You got Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, who were like two maybe best rookies across the board. They were absolutely amazing in the tackle spots all season. And they had to face some of the toughest, toughest pass. For, they had to face uh, Nick Bosa three times, <laughs> and they did awesome. Um, they had their moments, obviously, but they're rookies. Uh, and, and obviously, Kenneth Walker, he didn't even start the season. He had to share the backfield with Penny for a few weeks, and he still broke 1,000 yards rushing. He ended the season with four straight 100-yard uh, rushing games. I mean... The future has a dim light for the Seattle Seahawks. They have, I think, four or five picks in the first 75 picks of the draft. Uh, I trust Pete and John as much as other people don't trust them. I trust them to draft the right people. I don't know where they're going to go. I still have not even decided if I want Geno Smith back or not. The Seahawks will probably make that decision for me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make a decision. I think I'm okay either way if he leaves or we sign him. I don't really know where we're going to go. All I know is this team is not as bad as everyone originally thought, as shown by them making the playoffs. I'm excited. I think it'll be a fun offseason. We have, I think, uh, the third most cap space in the league. So 
a lot of free agents out there. If DeAndre Hopkins is available for a trade, I'm hearing. Uh, I'd love to go through the list. We will next week of the free agents uh, that for the defensive side of the ball that we could add and not just rookies that we can add to this team. I think um, it'll be a fun offseason for this football team who exceeded all expectations. And I still believe that Gino has not wrote back. I don't think he ever will. What if he retires and then like his retirement announcement is like a video of him like writing a letter? That'd be so cool. Uh, that'd be that'd be nice. That'd be perfect. <laughs> uh so two it's funny, like in comparison, like we started this podcast talking about the Seahawks and the Bills, because those are just our teams and just thought like, hey, that'd be fun. It's just funny to see yeah. how like the seasons played out. Mm-hmm. The Bills season ultimately ends in disappointment because mm-hmm. they didn't win the Super Bowl but made the playoffs at least. And then, like, yeah. the Seahawks are full of hope because they made the playoffs at all. <laughs> like, is it, and it's like, yeah. and, and where the season stuck is Bills fans are in the dumps now, and Seahawks fans are like, oh, wow, look, where, look, look what we did. And then, we, but you start the season, and Bills fans are like, wow, we, we're Super Bowl favorites. Like, this is going to be a great season. And then, Seahawks fans are like, we're going to win four games. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't think yeah. you could have gotten two different teams and like had right. two different, re- such different results with have flip, flip-flop outcomes. Yeah. Right. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think these are like the two most perfect teams to make a podcast about really. Right. Just because of, just because of how they're built right now and like their trajectory moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. This off season is going to be fun. And uh, I look forward to the Seahawks being able to catch up to the bills talent wise and maybe uh, seeing them in the Super Bowl someday. That'd be fun. Can you imagine? Boy, oh boy, that would be something. If the Seahawks and bills were in the, if played each other in the Super Bowl. Oh man. That our, you know, this region, like my uh, the friend group and everyone, like it would be absolutely insane. Yeah, it would be. It, it, would, it would be. Yeah, <laughs> but like whoever the losing team is, <laughs> never hearing the end of it ever. <laughs> hey, you remember that uh, Super Bowl where? Yeah, shut the hell up. I know what happened. <laughs> so quickly to round out the show, uh, we do have three games left in the season. Two of them are happening on Sunday. First, we have the Eagles facing the gosh darn 49ers. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think the matchup, I'm going to say this for both games, the, the matchups for this this game specifically is perfect because you have Jalen Hurts, whose mobility mm-hmm. has put the Eagles in the position that they're in. Yeah. But the speed of the 49ers linebackers, they oh, yeah. they one hundred percent have the ability to shut him down. Like Jalen's not going to be able to just get to the edge. He's not going to be able to just scramble around. They can chase him down and turn that clock that's usually like five six seconds and turn it into like three or four. Yeah, it's going to be a hectic day uh, day for Jalen, I believe. Um, but as much as I say that, the Eagles' defense is its own force as well. And I think forces Brock Purdy's worst game this season, which I'm not saying he completely shuts down because of all the weapons he has. I mean, he's been given a lot as a rookie. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he plays his worst game, just meaning maybe he actually turns the ball over for once. Um, And that, that one or two mistakes he makes is going to cost the 49ers this game. And I say the Eagles win by maybe three, four points. I think it's going to be a close game. But I give the edge to the 49ers. God damn. Ooh, interesting. I think, I, I, I don't know. It, it feels like a toss-up game to me. I 100% agree with I, that. But I just feel like the Eagles didn't play a great team in the, in the divisional round. So, 
yes, they they, they kind of cruise into the the NFC Championship game, but the 49ers just they're like on a what twelve game winning streak or something. It's ridiculous. Like 12, like, yeah, it's it's something stupid. But the rookie quarterback for 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 half of it, and it was like, I just I don't know. I'm leaning more towards the 49ers getting it done this year. Making it to Super Bowl, immovable force against a uh, unstoppable force or unmovable object or whatever the saying is, right? But you just think that the Eagles are a little bit more movable than the Niners. <laughs> I mean, I say this all and then watch the Eagles just poop on the 49ers <laughs> just or something. Torch them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I completely agree with the with the with like Fred Warner and that linebacking core. For the 49ers, like they're going to be a force to reckon with, I think, for this Eagles offense. And you're literally getting the number one offense versus the number one defense. So you really couldn't have asked for, I think, a better game. Oh, not no, definitely not. Here, so this is um, this is a great matchup. I, I'm I'm glad it's not an NFC East rematch for any of the teams that were involved last week because that would have been terrible. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Um, and these two teams didn't play this year. Yeah. So yeah. we don't we so don't know how these fresh. two are going to really, It's fresh, yes. Two very young coaches going at it. Yeah, Nick yep. Sirianni and uh, what's his face? You shall not Kyle, be named. Kyle Shanahan. Well, we don't say his name here. Oh, if I say it two more times, does he appear? He's appear. Oh God, I don't want to talk. If, if we bring him on as a guest, uh, I don't know if we'll ever get guests again. I'll just say bad things, get us in trouble. <laughs> You're a meanie. You could just let the Seahawks have this. You could let us win one game against you guys this year. Three and zero, really. Uh, you got the over under set surprisingly low for this game. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's not as low as I, th- I mean, I, th- I guess I, I was imagining for some reason this might have been like a 50, 52 point over under. It's set at 46 right now. Cause I, ori- think that's, uh, I think that's fair. Uh, like originally, I was going to take the under, but at 46, I mean, I, I could see 24, I mean, 21, which would put right, you right and, on and the cusp. That's Yeah, that's still under. Yeah, it's still it's still under, but like one wrong move and that goes over. Right. It's like like yeah, it'd be close. Uh, the 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 team stats are quite interesting. This is the last thing I'll put on for this game. Uh, then we'll move on. But the points per game: Forty Nine ers at twenty six and a half, uh, and then the Eagles at twenty eight point one. But it's the points allowed per game. 49ers 17.5, which is very low. The Eagles, 7. Huh. They allow, on average, 10 less points than the 49ers. Um, I think a lot of that contributes to a weaker Eagles schedule. I'm not going to say the Eagles are frauds because of a weak schedule. I'm not going there. I'm just saying... Strength of schedule wise, the Eagles did play weaker opponents, so that might contribute. That's all I'm saying. Yep, it's a possibility. Um, so I, I think this will be. I think this is the perfect matchup for the NFC Championship. I don't think there's two better teams. I don't think there's one better team in the NFC. This this is exactly right. how it should have played out. It's mm-hmm. perfect. I love it. Yeah. Um, I think the same. Could probably be said for the AFC Championship game, which we have the Bengals going to the Chiefs. Uh, yep. I know that. I don't. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just. I'm no, just, I'm I, just, I'm just I, I. I. I 100% <laughs> agree with you. I think, based after last week's weekend's games, these are the two best teams. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, Bills and get it done. That's what it is. I think this is. This this is the first time I think I've ever re- at least remember me saying this. I think the four best teams in the in the league mm-hmm. are playing on Sunday. Yeah, I th- I think that is completely true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got the Bengals at the Chiefs. How do you think this one plays out? I think I think you already kind of leaked it earlier, but um, I probably did. I mean, I, I'm 
I'm thinking this is the Bengals win again. The Bengals just seem to have the Chiefs number, whether it's in Cincinnati or at KC. And I don't know. I, I'm 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 seeing this as 49ers Bengals Super Bowl, but you know, Twitter Twitter prediction verse from 2015 says it's the Eagles year. So oh, we'll see how that we'll see how that turns out. Ooh, okay. Last time I last time I last time I saw one of those, you know, ten the next ten World Series winners, they got this this past year wrong. So tells you how reliable that is. Yeah, yeah. they um, do their best. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, Bengals Chiefs. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Patrick Mahomes does mm-hmm. uh, this this weekend. Um, he is probably gonna fight through the pain like he did, you know, during the game when they let you know let Chad Henney, Chad Henney get out there and uh, throw a nice little touchdown pass and keep the keep the Chiefs rolling um, while they did something to Patrick Mahomes either. You know, filled his ankle up with oil because he's a robot, and uh, they had, had to replace some parts, and you know, got top of the bag off with some gear oil to keep it moving. So that's um, what that's what we're calling steroids now, gear oil. <laughs> Over I mean, under on three and a half needles that went into his leg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say over. Over over three and a half. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You had to get all four sides, you know, one, two, three, four, right? And, and just make sure you cover all the grounds. Right. So um, I think it's, I think this could be a game where the Chiefs offense gets exposed a little bit when Patrick Mahomes tries to do too much. The Bengals defense should be able to contain, I would think, Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. Although Pacheco just seems like one of those, like, you probably you'll know what I mean when I say this. Like a, a toddler that just runs towards you and then starts flailing, flailing their <laughs> arms and legs at you, and then you're like, "How do I stop this?" Like they just keep they keep going. He's like a big. They, he's a big guy too. Yeah, like, I feel like, like it's not talked about enough. Like his size. Right. I don't. He's not huge. He's not like Derrick Henry or anything. But like, yeah, he's an he's a underrated, pretty big person. Yeah. That flails. <laughs> he he like literally like flails his legs. He kicks people as he's going forward, so he still has momentum. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? You gotta just, churn those legs, baby. Just keep churning. That's I what they mean, teach hit, you. <laughs> hit the ground with your legs, not people. Like, hey, they got they got in the way. They're trying to grab my legs. I'm just I'm just trying to run here. They're the ones that got in the way. Or like or like he hits someone, then starts twisting and stuff. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I got you. Like, stop. <laughs> I, I think for a seventh round pick, like what's what's it with the seventh round this year? You got Brock Purdy, and then you got Isaiah Pacheco. What's going on in the seventh yeah. round this year? Jeez, I wonder how many other seventh rounders are out there. I think I have to go seven. review. Jeez, um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, like I, I I've been leaning Bengals just based off of you know historical facts that like everyone knows. Mm-hmm. You know the Bengals. Just kind of own the Chiefs. That's just kind of how it's been lately. I right. just the, the line has been moving a lot. Like when if when the line mm-hmm. first opened, like as the game ended last week, and this was it, the Chiefs opened up as two and a half point favorites. The Bengals are now one point favorites. The money line is com- is, is completely even, but the Bengals are now technically favored. Um. I haven't made like I haven't convinced myself yet that the Bengals can win this game. Like I just I envision a scenario very similar to last year's AFC Championship game, where not maybe like it's literally 13 seconds or like it's this even goes to overtime. I just think the Chiefs pop off and play like a damn near perfect game, mm-hmm. and then and just have one extra step. More than Joe Burrow. Oh, so the the divisional game last year. Oh, divisional. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, obvious, yeah. obviously divisional. Um, uh, yeah, because yeah. this was this was basically a rematch of the AFC Championship last year, and like the Chiefs started out hot, and right. then the Bengals shut them down late in the second in the, in the first half, and then the Bengals went on to 
you know, get the lead and keep it close again, and then get the, you know, the game ceiling overtime interception. So, mm-hmm. um, I feel like this is a Bengals win. My only concern is that did the Bengals get so hyped up for the Bills that now they fall apart? They think they won the Super Bowl already, right? <laughs> Like it, I mean, I I think it's got to be on Zach Taylor this week to keep these the Bengals players in check. A lot of young players them, too, keeping them focused. Yeah, a lot of guys that are rookie contracts. Eli Apple has been very active on Twitter. <laughs> that guy can eat a bag of chips and choke on the last one with nothing to drink. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, Zach Taylor's got his work cut out for him right now. I think uh, if I was him, I'd be making phone calls. To a couple players mm-hmm. and just kind of like, we still got more games to play, guys. Like that wasn't it. Let's right. Let's let's reel it in here. It's it's Wednesday. We got to start let's start thinking ahead. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. I and you haven't heard anything from the Chiefs. The Chiefs are keeping their head low. Maybe that's yeah, the difference. Maybe it's a mental all they, difference. All they keep saying is that Patrick Holmes that he's going to play next weekend. I'm sure he does. Taking it, taking it day by day, he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Put some tape on it. You're not keeping Patrick Mahomes. If he we he see, could have lost see, his yeah. leg. He's playing in this game. If we see some veins popping, I'll be uh, <laughs> some. Uh, I'll be a little concerned. <laughs> one one shoe's bigger than the other shoe. It's just like, wait a minute, that doesn't look right. <laughs> so I think we're we're completely flip flopped. I got Eagles Chiefs. And I have Bengals 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> you have the Andy Reid Super Bowl. Dude, I think I think subconsciously that's actually just what I want. Yeah. I want Andy Reid to face his former team that he took to four straight NFC Championship games and mm-hmm. lost in a Super Bowl, one Super Bowl with. I want him yeah. to re I want him to face his old team. I want him to face his demons in the biggest game and take them down. Actually, I want I the Eagles to win, but but I why I, I like I want to see the matchup though. It'd be hilarious. Right. Like I feel like that's just perfect. That, that would be something. It'd be uh it'd be a great storyline for two weeks. Oh oh my god, it's the only thing they would talk about. Holy cow. And the fact that like both quarterbacks are under the age of thirty, which like they have just been soaking that in like holy <laughs> new age is here, they're like twenty three years old. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> they don't have wrinkles. We're used to seeing Tom Brady at the age of forty in these. I know, we get it. Right. We know they're young. Okay. This is, I, I hate. I just wish the Super Bowl was not two weeks apart. I, I just I can't do this like media weeks like cycle shit. Oh my god, it's uh, in, infuriates because right. all you get is ESPN notifications for two weeks. Read this story about how Jalen Hurts is twenty three. No, no, because that's the third one you've said in the past week. So no, I'm not going to read it. Right. You know what time it'll be for when the, during those two weeks. You know, you know what time it'll be for? You know, instead of, instead of reading those articles, we can uh, we can focus on golf. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is it golf so, season yet? Uh, I think the PGA Tour starts up. The PGA Tours did start this weekend or next weekend. It starts soon. I John, know that John Rahm is not playing well right now. Today he's not. Yeah, but he's won the last two um, tournaments. I was trying to pull up the score, but it's not showing me, so never mind. Um, yeah. yeah, we could talk about some golf. That would that would really help break things up. That might be a good idea. Yeah. Fans we got the green. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. Fans of the fairway. Oh my god! So much because better. we don't we don't hit the fairway very because we don't even. <laughs> We're fans so of it. So we're big fans of it. Big fans, especially if our ball lands in it somehow. Big fan. Oh, my God. Big fan of that. Um, so, yeah, maybe some golf content coming in in the coming weeks here. Yeah. Um, yeah, XFL, USFL. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Football's not over, people. I'll talk about it next week because I might have an answer to this. So this is your teaser clip for next week's episode. Dylan has renounced... The Pittsburgh Maulers. I have done so 
for the reason that will be revealed next week on Fans of the Weas, brought to you by your hosts, Darf and Dylan. Make sure you tune in for that hot, spicy take, and uh, we'll reveal to you next week that uh, we do have the script, and it will be the Eagles and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um. <laughs> you found the script. Go Eagles and Chiefs. <laughs> Go Bills. <laughs>